You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Mobilize, personalize, optimize, and monetize your marketing and engagement efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. From mobile marketing and messaging to mobile commerce and coupons, and from mobile apps and websites to mobile engagement and loyalty, our hosts bring on expert guests to give you the inside track on the trends, tools, and technologies that matter most. Mobile Presence, where making your brand or business mobile first is our first priority. Now, here are your hosts, Peggy Ann Saltz and Shahab Zagari. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mobile Presence, as always, bringing you the experts to help you optimize and maximize your mobile strategy. I'm Peggy Ann Saltz from Mobile Groove, providing custom research and content marketing to the global mobile industry and offering mentoring and consulting to mobile startups. And I'm Shahab Zagari, award-winning filmmaker and executive director of marketing at Higher Ground Creative Agency. Well, Shahab, here we are, well and truly, officially, into summer, mm. wrapping up with some of the conferences on my end. How about yourself? What are you doing? Yeah, definitely heading to a conference, but it's not necessarily marketing-related. Going to Comic-Con in July. I knew it. Uh, I as knew I do it. every year. But <laughs> here's the kicker, though. Up until this year, I've been going as press and interviewing folks and doing that kind of thing. Uh-huh. This is the first time I'll be attending as a professional, as my film, The Crystal Crypt, got selected to show in the official film festival. So, well, that's awesome. I won't. And- I won't necessarily be working. I'll. You know, it's going to be surreal. It's going to be surreal to see our little film screen at such a large. You know, I mean, it's it's really the mecca of Hollywood. So, should be interesting. Absolutely. Should be interesting. Do you have any well, conferences coming up? I have some conferences coming up. It's interesting because here over in Germany, where I'm based, we just had our first Comic-Con in Stuttgart. Ah. So that was that. So, you know, it's coming this way, that wave of being into this stuff. You know, it takes a while, and then you find that tight-knit community. (laughs) But uh, I, myself, I'm wrapping up the summer, speaking at the App Promotion Summit in London, where, again, I'll be talking about my favorite topic, right? Mobile apps. (laughs) And that is no surprise for me or our listeners. I mean, after all, you've written two books about how indies and small developers can make it big. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you're, you're definitely into that. Yeah, I'm definitely that that is my area. And it's also, by the way, I also now host a monthly masterclass with VentureBeat, where I'm a mobile analyst, mm. all about app marketing and app store optimization. And these free webinars based on the key takeaways in my report series on the same topic, app store optimization. They're out there, of course, also for our listeners to take in and learn from. But yes, I do see the importance of helping app developers, marketers, newbies, everyone make their mark in the app market because they can. It's a confusing market, 
but it's also important and a lot of opportunity, and that's why advice from someone who has been there and made it there is so incredibly valuable, which brings mm -hmm. us to our show and topic today, which is how to survive in the App Store, but it's not just me. I'm borrowing that title, that phrase, from a new ebook called Surviving the App Store, How to Make It as an Indie Game Developer. And I can tell you, Shahab, it's a great read. I downloaded it, chock full of honest advice and really cool humorous anecdotes as well, telling the story of how one successful indie developer made a successful app and a successful business. And we have the author of that ebook on our show today. Yeah, you can really pick them, Peggy. Uh, Amir is the creator of text-based role-playing game A Dark Room, a game that came out of nowhere to conquer the world, taking the number one spot in the App Store, placing it in the top 10 paid apps across 70 countries. It's been downloaded over 2.5 million times and has over 25,000 five-star reviews. So Amir is definitely someone who has been there uh, and has made it to the top. I'm sure he'll have lots of valuable advice to share and about how how he survived uh, and got to the top of the App Store. Welcome, Amir. Very happy to be on. Thank you, Peggy and Shahab. Perfect, perfect. So, great to have you. Yeah, I mean, Shahab, you told us a lot about Amir's uh, biography here and what he's been up to, mm -hmm. but uh, I guess I'd be most interested in kicking off with just, you know, what motivated you, Amir, to be an indie developer in the first place? Well, so I actually graduated from, I, I did what everyone's supposed to do, right? You go to college, you go to school, go to high school, go to college, get your degree, mm -hmm. and then join the corporate world. And that's what I did. And then I guess seven years into it, um, I just, I had enough money saved up and I wanted to just take a, a sabbatical and kind of learn, a learning sabbatical per se, and just kind of do my own thing and just get away from the corporate world. And that's when I got into indie game development. So I had a short list of things I wanted to do, wanted to accomplish, learn some new languages, get into mobile gaming, and you know just read books, get into shape, different things like that. And that's kind of how I started. And that's where my journey started in 2013. So 2013, and you began teaching yourself how to code. I believe you dedicate some of this uh, new book to how people who don't code can get started. You know, what would you advise people who want to start learning code? You know, what do they do? What avenues do they go through? I mean, who can code for them if they can't end up learning it as well as you did? Okay, so a few things. I did know how to code web applications before I started mobile game development. So it wasn't mm -hmm. per se my first rodeo, but this was starting in 2013. That was the first time I actually did mobile game development or mobile development in general. So mm -hmm. it was good that I had that coding experience from the previous seven years, I guess, that I did work. But as far as getting started with coding, you have to dig in. You, there's no shortcuts to it. You have to read the books. You have to make concerted, disciplined effort towards building something. And that's something that I actually dedicated a chapter in my book. There's so many options out there. You get into this analysis paralysis on where to start. So I'll give you a very quick starting point. And it's just for those that are listening and haven't gotten the book, HTML, JavaScript, and just a simple web page is the best way to start coding and get some get a good feedback loop going and trying to get something on the screen and build something. But it just it really does take just some discipline and effort to really go through and read up on it and work through problems and try to build something. So in, in my book, I had actually three examples and three games that you should start with. And even in there, I'm really honest to say, it's going to probably take you about three months just to get these really simple games up and running. One of them is tic-tac-toe. 
Just one of those. <laughs> yeah, it, it just takes it just takes effort. And as far as uh, one to mm-hmm. one to maybe get offload the coding efforts to someone else, one rule that I have is with regards to startups or founders is that you either bring the money or the tech. The idea isn't worth anything. So if all you have in, is an idea, then you won't be able to get very far. So if you're not going to bring the tech, you got to bring the cash. <laughs> and I think uh, I think that's really what it comes down to. And it's, <laughs> unfortunately, but it's true. Right? Yeah. yeah and, okay. It, so let's say you know whether you've gone you know bringing the cash or doing the coding yourself. Let's say you've got the app. The app is ready to go. That's where the real journey begins. The real problem starts. So. You know, at that point, it's about spreading the word, marketing the app. In hindsight, what is absolutely essential uh, to get right in this phase of the app process? Well, this was a mistake I made myself. A little bit of background of a darkroom. A darkroom actually started as a web-based game, and um, it was just an open-source, free web-based game that a person named Michael Townsend ended up building, and it went viral on the web as just this weird text-based RPG. And I contacted Michael and said, you know, I want to port this over to mobile, re-envision it in the mobile medium and, you know, do my own spin on it. And he agreed. And what I should have done was instead of going away for five months and build it, build the game, was to start marketing it right then and there. So the ah. idea of, hey, the mobile game is coming, it's going to, gotcha. it's going to happen. Here's some mm-hmm. feedback. Here's some early screenshots. Here's my story. Here's some hurdles that I felt. What mistake I... I made and for me I lucked out because of the virility of the web version was that if you release an app and then you tweet it out to whoever or you put it create a Facebook post who's listening right if you if you haven't made the effort of creating that audience before that drop date before that D day you're just going to do this post no one's going to care so you almost have to build that group before the app's even released. And then once the app is released, and once you've created that group, not only should you promote your own app, but you should promote curated content that is amicable to that group. If you follow Darkroom iOS on Twitter, I tweet about a Darkroom maybe 10% of the time. The other 90% is about other mobile games, other indie developers, what they're doing, artwork, mm-hmm. you know, poetry, different things like that, because I know that that would be something that caters to my audience. So I think it's really important to build that user base before even day one. And that was a mistake I made. Now, I, I lucked out because I had the virility of the uh, of the web version to kind of, you know, hang on to the coattails of. But that's kind of one of my biggest mistakes that I made. So, I mean, that's interesting because I guess, Shahab, it's very much like what you have to do. I mean, it's no sense bringing something to market if you haven't created the market already for it. Exactly. And, and to, you know, Amir's point, curating that content so that it's, you know, if let's say your target market is a specific group, outside of what you're offering, what what else do they, you know, do? What else are they interested in? Talk about that kind of stuff because that will help them, you know, stay refreshed. They're not going to unfollow you because all you talk about is a dark room, a dark room, a dark room. Exactly. So, yep. so to summarize that, it's just really important to curate almost as much as you're creating. So as you said, you know, a lot of the time it's just about being a good member of the app developer community, you know, tweeting maybe, retweeting about them, getting out some news, just generally being part of what's going on. Yeah. And it helps define your brand too. That way you're not just a generic, you know, cookie cutter, candy crush, mm-hmm. crossy road, flappy bird thing, right? You you're creating a brand for yourself, you're creating a very specific niche that then you can cater towards. And that's very valuable. 
So, well, we have to go to a break right now, but when we get back, we'll be talking again more about just that, you know, creating the content, creating the relationships, what's going to make it possible for you to market a really good app with a lot of success. So don't go away, listeners. We'll be right back. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Mobilizing your marketing and engagement efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove. And I'm Shahab Zagari with Higher Ground Creative Agency. And our guest today is Amir Rajan, indie developer and author of the ebook Surviving the App Store. And right before the break, we were talking about marketing, that, you know, how to do it, how to do it right. And I was reading in your book and really enjoyed your honesty in, the, in this section where you said, and it stood out in my mind, Amir, relationships are the secret weapon of the small developer. You know, it's the whole idea of make strong connections to people real people who will write about your app or share it or just, you know, help in getting the word out there. Again, give us some idea about how you really did this, because it's one thing to say, yeah, make strong connections to people or curate content they'll be interested in. It's another thing to do it. What did you do? So it was, it's actually really interesting. When a dark room, the, a dark room effectively went viral in the UK and the US, it hit the number one spot. And uh, I had no publicity to speak of with regards to big publications. It was only after I hit the number one spot that people such as the New Yorker or uh, Huffington Post actually took notice to what I was doing. And then they came in and, and did their interviews. So during that time period, what I ended up doing was actually connecting directly with the end user through developer commentary inside of the game. So once you beat a dark room and the final sequence comes in and your mind is blown and your world is turned upside down, 
At that point, a small little button opens up that says Secrets. And when you go into that button, it's actually developer commentary spoken by Michael and I. And we, we speak That's about cool. the development of the game and kind of the progression and what was cut and what didn't make it in. And so the end user gets to know me by name. They get to know Michael by name as opposed to us just being, you know, just a faceless publisher. And I think that's that's really a powerful aspect of being able to publish your own own things and cut through the red tape. You don't necessarily have to go to an editor. You can put that kind of content in your products, in your apps themselves, be genuine with that content. And then suddenly you're connecting directly with the person that downloaded your app. And so it was you know, a real, it's a very powerful connection you can make. And, and, and uh, you know, yeah. speaking of, you know, the, the folks who've downloaded the app, views are, I mean, really solid gold for an app. You saw reviews start pouring in when you added a review button. What else should app developers do to encourage reviews? Uh, what, and what shouldn't they do? So uh, definitely have a review button on your app. Before I had the review button, I probably had maybe a 1% conversion rate on my downloads. After adding the re review button, it, it jumped up to about 2.8%. So it was a very, very noticeable jump. Significant, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a significant jump. And the other aspect is you want to pick the perfect time to do your review. So I see apps out there that you'll go in, you'll use the app for maybe two minutes, and you get a nag screen about doing the review. <laughs> yeah, and, I've seen this, yes. Right? And then you dismiss yeah. it, and then five mm -hmm. minutes later it comes back up, and then there's options to you know remind you later and all these variations. So And it just doesn't work really well. So you have to pick the perfect time to do the review for me it was at the end of the game right after you beat it i request I, re I show you the secrets button and then one of the commentary says you know please review the game it means a lot to me it's a way for you to say thank you and um, that's what people did you can think of other apps where maybe it's after the 15th time that they've used it and after they've done something really cool with the app that's when you ask for the review or when they've beaten a really difficult stage that's when you ask for the review so there's a game called geometry dash that does a phenomenal job of presenting you a review screen after you've beaten a really difficult game. So um, I think that's really important to do is, is not only to have a review button, make it ridiculously easy for them to reach your app, but then do it at the right time. Because if you do it at the wrong time, it just gets really annoying. And uh, I think that's incredibly important. Yeah, but if they've beaten the game, that means they were loyal, that means they enjoyed it they're more than likely going to leave that review. But what, you know, how do you deal with bad reviews? And so that's the, I guess that's the other weird secret is that I only show the review button once you've beaten the game. <laughs> so there's a high, high chance that I'll get a good review at the end, especially since they've beaten the game. With regards to bad reviews, really the only thing you can do is internalize what was written. Sometimes people are just angry and have a bad day and you can't do anything about it. I actually have some of those reviews in the book where I talk about the most ridiculous things that people were, were talking about on the review page. So sometimes you just have a poisonous review and you really can't do anything about it. Some reviews will have constructive feedback and you just have to take that in. And for the reviews that are completely blatantly just visceral, you can actually report them through iTunes. So I had some reviews that had general profanity in there and actually called out and you know put down other customers. And those kind of reviews, Apple doesn't want those things on there. And as a developer, obviously you don't want them. So you can actually flag a review as inappropriate and it will get taken down. The final thing you can do is just release a new version of your app. When you release a new version, all reviews, good or bad, get archived. But I'm generally of the premise that you should release often anyways. 
So those things get swept under the rug. And eventually, as you do more and more releases, as you fine tune, when you do the review, as you make it more accessible to give positive reviews, all those things come together and, and you'll just get generally good reviews towards the end. I want to get to the release in a moment, but I just also wanted to highlight what I thought was interesting, how you got around bad reviews, was basically you got involved in this, in like a tweet discussion with them. So you would say, yeah, I, I, I understand, you know, I feel your pain, but this, that, and the other. And it was really cool how you turned one girl who was anti a dark room into someone who said, well, maybe it's just me. It's a, it's yeah. a great game. Keep rocking it. And I thought, how did you do that? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the tweet was about it. She just thought it was a scam because you, you open the app, it doesn't look like anything, right? It, it, you start asking yourself, how can this crappy app that's a text-based game make it to the number one spot? I don't understand. So she thought it was a scam mm-hmm. and I somehow scammed her out of out of a buck. And I just re- replied to her, like, look, I, you know, I get it. It's not for everyone, but I, I'm a real human being. You know, I'm a person with the first name and a last name and you know, I'm on Twitter and I'm talking to you and I'm, you know, flesh and blood just like you are. So if I was a scammer, I wouldn't be doing this. And she's like, OK, well, you got a point there. Uh, you know, best of luck. And it turned out OK. So I, it goes back to that being genuine and honest with the interactions that you do have. Now, another top takeaway in your book is the need to release every six weeks. And you, you, you know, kind of touched upon it earlier, you know, do as many updates as you can, you know, so... Okay, every six weeks. But what precisely should an app developer be releasing? I mean, is it anything specific or is it just, you know, updating certain things or bug fixes? It's really about being on that cadence. It's understanding that you don't have to, given the medium that we're working in, we don't have to have perfect apps right out the door. First of all, you're an indie developer. Chances are, if you're the first release you're going to have, you're probably not going to have a lot of downloads anyways. So delaying that first release and just to make sure that it's perfect, perfect, perfect is just generally a bad idea because your reviews mm-hmm. could potentially give you feedback about tweaks that you would have not thought of making until you, know, until you actually do the release. So this idea of releasing every six weeks gets you in that cadence to where you don't have to try to put in the kitchen sink with every update. You can say, hey, you know, I can get this is a good cut. It does some visual enhancements, maybe some bug fixes adds a new feature, adds a new level, let's go ahead and release. Because in six weeks, I'm going to release again anyways. So there's no, it takes away that pressure, that urgency of a deadline, and it just lets you release it as you need. And another thing with with releasing often is that it actually gets you featured by Apple. Apple likes apps that are regularly Mm. updated and regularly supported. So they are more inclined to feature something that has 15 updates versus something that has one update back two years ago. So it's it's actually in your best interest to you know release often and show everyone that you're actively supporting your your assets. So what happens with you, Shahab, when you're working with your clients, you know, and they're thinking about apps? Are they thinking around releases, or is this really valuable what Amir's sharing here? I didn't know that that was a great way to sort of get around some bad reviews, get them archived, you know. Well, no, you know, yeah, the the archive, yeah, every time you update archive, you know, they archive the comments and then the rating still stays but the comments kind of get, you know, archived. Mm-hmm. The thing that I didn't know though was that iTunes actually likes apps that are constantly updated. That's an interesting point and that's definitely something I'm going to bring up to, you know, a lot of our clients because that's not necessarily something that's broadcasted really anywhere. But yeah, so 
And you sort of get the idea that marketers think that, you know, it's almost like the stuff they put on their website or the stuff they put in sort of like even print collateral, you know, we did it, it's done, mark that off the checklist, we have an app. But I don't get the feeling that people are thinking an awful lot in your business around updating and keeping it fresh. Yeah. And it, and the interesting thing is at least the people that have downloaded my apps, especially my most recent one in Noble Circle, where I've been releasing you know, monthly for a year now, they love it because they look forward to that new release. They're like, oh, what new level is going to come up? And it keeps that app on their mind or the game on their mind over and over again because they know I'm going to release a new level or I'm going to do some tweak. And they enjoy just replaying the entire game just to see what I changed. I mean, I'm actually really cryptic in my update messages. I'll do like funny jokes or riddles and stuff. So it entices them even more to just open the app and try it out. It's a very, building that general culture around, look, this app isn't done. But I promise that I'm going to work on it and I'm proving it to you. And you find that your users become more loyal and, and more forgiving about things that are broken because they know that an update's coming. And they know that if they put a review saying what was wrong, that it will, it will get fixed. So it's very cool to see that kind of relationship come to fruition. Well, this is great, Amir, but we have to go to the last break in the show. But listeners, don't go away. When we get back, we'll be talking about how to make an amazing app, but more importantly, how to get featured in the App Store. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook Terms of Service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Mobilizing your marketing and engagement efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence, only on Cranberry Radio. And we're back. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove. And I'm Shahab Zagari with Higher Ground Creative Agency. 
And our guest today, Amir Rajan, indie developer and author of Surviving the App Store. And before we get to how you can survive the App Store and the importance of Featured and all the rest of it, Amir, I just have to hone in on one area I really loved in your book, and it was all about accessibility. And you talked about the opportunities, also the personal fulfillment in creating apps that are accessible. So for the visually impaired, you know, just what you did and how you did it. What what are you recommending other developers do based on what you've experienced? Yeah, frankly, I think it's just the right thing to do. Apple does an amazing job of making your apps accessible almost by default. My game was about 80% accessible. I just had to work on that 20% and just make it perfect. But, you know, it's it's just an incredible feeling. Like when I hit the number one spot, I actually got an email from a sibling. It was just a guy that said, hey, you know, I really appreciate you making your app accessible. My sister is blind. And, you know, this is the first time she was able to talk about like a number one game and actually participate in conversations at school. Wow. So, you know, I just really appreciate that. And, you know, you get those kind of emails and it's just it makes it all worth it. And it's not that much effort. And it's just the right thing to do. And sometimes, you know, that's worth more than any monetary gain. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So just to be clear, making it accessible is something that is a choice or that developers can get a little bit of help with. You said the App Store makes it possible or promotes apps that are accessible or likes to see them be accessible. So UIKit, which is the underlying framework in iOS, already has some mm-hmm. accessibility defaults uh-huh. built in. So buttons okay. will read out labels. All those things will actually read out naturally. So it's just about polishing that and just you know doing a once-over, looking at, hey, what can I do a little bit better? And then you, you make an accessible app, and you have a fan for life at that point. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take much effort. It's just worth auditing. And again, I have a chapter in the book that goes through some of the higher-level tips on how to do that. Great. And so, you know... A good part of your book is dedicated to how to get featured. So what are the top three tips for our listeners on how to do that? Okay. Tip number one, buy featured apps. You need to know mm. what Apple is looking for. You know, it sounds like a dumb moment, but spend, set aside 20 bucks a month mm. and just buy featured apps, buy featured games, and take a look at what they did right and what they did wrong. Uh, number two, decide on what category you want to target. So you want to try to get a minor feature first and then a major feature. So once you okay. decide on your category, buy the number one app in that category and then buy the number 150 app in that category. So what that will give you is the range, right? What does the top 150 app look like? What does the number one app look like? If your app isn't even in the quality of 150, you need to reconsider and you know really brush it up. But you have a spectrum okay. to work with at that point. So I think that's incredibly important. The final thing is the tip, uh, the the pitch email to Apple itself. So I have a template online, but you can't just say, hey, I'm building an app, please feature me. You have to get objective information about why you should get featured, what your app brings to the table, what technology it uses and all that stuff. So I actually have a detailed template of, if you send this to Apple, this is the information they're looking for. So I think that's that's also incredibly important. It's just it's not enough to just even to editors to just say, hey, I built an app that looks like X Y Z. Please write about it. It's just not enough. So those are my three tips. Okay, that's really great. So buy top featured apps, know your spectrum, and pitch according to Amir's template. That's quite amazing. So what do you have coming up that you can talk about uh, and you're really proud of? Well, I just did the release of uh, A Dark Room on Android. That went out, I did a soft launch last week, so really happy about that, to get that out the door. 
Um, I'm working on a new game called A Noble Circle, and that's going to take all my time in the uh, <laughs> foreseeable months to come. And, you know, I'm really enjoying working on that. And then, uh, of course, my book. we got leanpub.com forward slash surviving the app store. That'll take you directly to my book. And and I'll have a coupon code for your listeners also if you if you can post links. Cool. Somewhere. Oh, awesome. So, that's always yeah. great. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a free download for anyone that listens to this. So hopefully they'll enjoy that. And all I really ask is, you know, just buy my game, support me from that perspective. You know, recommend my games to other people because that's what I really love doing. Well, that all sounds great. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that game, Shahab, you might want to take a look at it. It sounds like it's a little bit related to your Crystal Crypt kind of thing going on here. Yeah. Rooms and secrets, all that good stuff. So, uh, Amir... How do people stay in touch with you if they want to keep up with you, you know, on Twitter or just send you an old school email? Yeah, best way is on Twitter at Amir Razan, A-M-I-R-R-A-J-A-N. And then you can reach out to be my on email if you need to. My website information, everything is on there. So just go oh. to Twitter and then you'll be able to find every possible way to contact me. Great. Shahab, what about you? Uh, they can go to hold of me on Twitter at Shahab Zagari. That's Z A R G A R I. If you are going to be uh, one of the couple hundred thousand people attending Comic Con, the screening for the Crystal Crypt is on Thursday, July twenty second at three o'clock at the San Diego Marriott. There you go. And if I could make the trip over, you know, I would. So, uh, with you there in spirit, Shahab. Great stuff. And uh, you. Yeah can email me, Peggy, at mobilegroove.com, where you can also find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Peggy Ann, A-N-N-E. And finally, you can check out my columns, posts, etc., about the business of mobile on Forbes, VentureBeat, and, of course, Mobile Groove. So thanks again, everyone, for joining us for Mobile Presence today. Remember that new episodes of Mobile Presence air Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can check out earlier episodes of our show by going to cranberry.fm or you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher Zoom, and iHeartRadio by searching Mobile Presence. So thanks again for listening to Mobile Presence, your inside track on everything you need to reach and engage your target audience with mobile. And remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. We'll see you next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.